Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos host. I'm here on Halloween, Sam Wayne. I always have a tricky business, but it's a wonderful holiday that I cherish. And it's, well, October 31st here on our side of the globe. And I have with me part of my great Moonbeam team here as we go. Two wonderful people. We have Sarah Stromley in her mascot shape. And we have Justin Elsie also joining us. And we will see Liz Mouchette later. So today, what are we doing? We are, in a sense, synthesizing this idea of having left the retrograde season, which was pretty intense. Granted, Mercury does this three times a year, and it's all in air signs. It was in relationships, Libra. Everything's a relationship. We went down to the depths and up again to look ahead, changed in some regard, because you don't go down to come up for nothing. Something is going to shift. But ahead of us, we're entering this eclipse season. Coming up, because we're the noon, not noon beam, but moon beam team, we're looking at the Scorpio new moon, which will be November 4th in a couple of days, is entering that deep, again, plummeting time of rebirth of our psychology, of our spirit, of what gives us power, to then the eclipse season, which again is like turn the energy off, see what you see, and go on again, which is going to be in Taurus. Very powerful. And what are we calling ourselves? Santa's radical rebirth. So now is time, and I'll just put this on. I can't talk with my mask, but maybe you can see it for the next little bit. My one entry for the holiday season is the Moonbeam team. Relating to the sun and moon's energies, including the planets and the entire cosmos for the month's systematic two-week intervals of the new moon and full moon, plus the annual four to five eclipses, this is your Moonbeam team. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, certified astrologer, sacred healing counselor, tarotist, and numerologist providing individual consultations, teaching and tutoring internationally, co-author of Gateways to Change, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life, currently facilitating workshops in Marysville and Camino Island, Washington. And I'm Sarah Stromley, a craniosacral therapist and founder of Brain Body Therapy in Kirkland, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer that incorporates different forms of horary, location mapping, and medical astrology into my practice. I enjoy uncovering flower and mineral frequencies that also support the mind-body coherence that aid in the healing journey. 
Hi again. There you are. So we also have Justin Crockett, Elsie, and he'll give a little feedback. Yeah, um, I'm an archetypal astrologer, and I specialize in in-depth, uh, real, uh, in-depth realization of charts, and I do a combination of Western and Vedic astrology and work with the predictive astrology as well. So I do really in-depth, uh, in-depth analysis. I do research in astrology, really. So. And Justin is also other capacities, which each of us have shared about ourselves, but he is a Reiki master and actually specializes in animal Reiki and is a medium and has seances and of that experience, too, along with numerology. He's been on several shows and is coming up. He'll be on Featured uh, December 12th. So check it out because we're going to talk about the new nodes coming up and the eminent USA Pluto return. So here we are on Halloween. and Do we have Liz on? I think we have Liz. I don't know what's happened to our wonderful Liz Mouchette. Um, We will try to figure that one out. But here we are. So you know what? Always with, okay, I think how we thought about this was because Jupiter is was in some ways like a Santa Claus. And Jupiter is very prominent right now. It's ruling our south node. And so that's part of this essence. And for radical change, you know, with there's a, a powerful dynamic of how we're continuing to think, think about maybe we could see a chart. Actually, yeah, I don't think Jupiter is quite into Pisces yet, but um, we cover that a little bit more in the eclipse chart. Sure. No, no, we're going to do the new moon. Yeah. The new moon chart, which is, is that the new moon chart? Uh, Go back. There you go. Yeah. So this is coming up. This is the new moon chart at 12 degrees Scorpio, and it's going to be November 4th, and that uh, for Eastern time is 5 16, 15, these classes aren't that great, I'm sorry, <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> so at any rate, and so just about the dynamics there. You know, I think we had a little pre-chat just to open this thought up, but it's a change agent. You know, it's changing the conversation through all of this and sort of the health of maybe not just here, but there's a certain part about our wounds and our hygiene with with health. So if there's thoughts here that either of you have to share. Well, there's some really dynamic Scorpio energy here. And I I always like to think of Scorpio in these mid degrees as being um, just this really more of a wild card. It's, It's just full of unflinching determination and strategy and almost an obsessive need for transformation, especially in the areas where, in this chart, where there's challenges by authority, because it's square Saturn, and where where we've been left feeling powerless. Or wondering, that great entry, and I know Justin will have plenty of thoughts. Yeah, because really it is a matter of shedding those relationships those deep exchanges that we've had to find out what is really going to empower us or what's the value. Right. Well, I think the 
the ingress of Mars from uh, Libra into Scorpio is really what's driving this. And that moon's just right on top of that, you know. So, I mean, where is with that uh, Mars and Libra? It's It's been about trying to move forward with balance and harmony and kind of reassessing and decision-making. But now that Mars has moved into this uh, really powerful, as, as Sue pointed out, uh, tactical and obsessive, there's going to be a really, things are going to speed up now, mm-hmm. you know, and people are going to be a lot more, really a lot more, uh, how do you want to say, obsessed or really just really fixated. Fixated. There's a, oh, that's a great word, yeah. fixated <laughs> on, on getting stuff done and doing it from a more um, uh, uh, tactical and strategic point of view. Strategy. That's and, something and, that and we talked about. Uh, Joe Biden's Mars is is in air, is in Scorpio, so he's having a Mars return. Yes, and oh, both wow. of these charts, I I had pulled, I had some by charts of that, but it was really dynamic because I think the new moon, which is when they are together, and we don't see it because the moon's blocking the sun, um, is right on his Mars. So that's, and strategy, you know, strategy is not something that really is a familiar word for this last year with all the unknown probabilities that we've been experiencing because suddenly our world is always in tang, uh, in, in, in coordination with the exterior world because of COVID, you know, you couldn't go, you had to, certain requirements. So this is a, people want to strategize. You know. One thing I think that's very unique about Today is, you know, day of the dead. That's why I kind of dress this weird way. Um, and <laughs> so I love um, it. I know we're reminded where we it, are. And it's a very Scorpio look, too. <laughs> the, the skeleton. Yeah. There you know. I'm Scorpio rising. Like yeah. There you go. Awesome. Um, but there's, um, with Scorpio, the veil, the veil is just thinner between the worlds. And there's a uh, just an incredible skill that Scorpio has in sensing what can't be readily seen. And what lingers below the surface and, and finding that treasure that remains uncovered, it can, you know, it's Scorpio is represented by, like, in different cultures, different, different forms of astrology, the scorpion, the snake, the eagle, um, which can speak to, can be representative of the different levels of functioning and the superior defense and skill with attack, and as well as a an incredible capacity to heal. Um, it, it has a, a power in holding and retaining secrets and the ability to pull energy and resources and effectively engage when others are on the wake of an attack or in shock and frozen with fear. They just have an engagement skill with that. Um, but its shadow is the inability to be vulnerable or a sense of overreaction at times yeah. and an obsession over slights, which can make them a bit formidable. Well, there is always important the total spectrum, which includes when we see light, there's going to be shadow depending on what's obstructing it. And so that has depending, you know, all these variant possibilities. It's so true, whether it's for oneself, one's relationships and whatnot, as far as the depth of that and Scorpio does have great depth you know it is a transformational sign which is a wonderful feature 
but it can be, as we've said, the scorpion itself, which has that tail that's going to bite, it's going to sting, it's going to kill. And then, of course, the couch potato that's like, eh, I don't know, into the phoenix or the eagle or whatever we want to call it, the rising to the light, right? Um, very important. This Hygieia opposite Chiron. Yeah, I know, was, um, Justin, you brought that up to, into um, focus before, and I think that's such a, thinking about the healing possibilities. Right. Well, so Hygieia, for those who may not know, is an asteroid that's it's named after the Greek goddess Hygieia, and that's how we get the word hygiene. So whatever sign it's in, it's, it's about the health of that sign. And everybody has it in their chart. And, and it just so happens it's in Libra right now. So we've been dealing with this with the sun and Mars and Mercury and Libra, this health of relationship, basically. But it's still there, and it's in opposition to that. Chiron is in Aries, which is really bringing forward to the front of, uh, of being valued, our values. Mm. And so with it, you know, the values of self versus the value of myself in a relationship. So we're still dealing with relationship stuff, you know, in our society right now. And, and, and I, so what it will probably come up in, in a lot is about people looking more towards uh, relationships that, that, that value them, you know, being with somebody that values them. And so that Ooh. there'll be a lot of relationship oh. stuff comes up right now. Like I'm in this relationship, but I'm, I'm not being valued. And so it's really about, going back and revisiting and that Scorpio as Sue was talking about is helping drive healing that and 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 thinking with intention and intention and, and strategy of maybe I need to make some changes here to transform I love it maybe I know we talked about fixed stars and we talked about the Sabian symbols and Justin you do a lot with Sabians Liz I think is having internet problems Liz we're with you in spirit yeah. so we oh. shall yeah, it's not easy. I'm sure. I think she did text something of that sort. She's out on Camino Island. And Justin actually came from the peninsula. And I came from Hawaii. I had a, here we are at the studio in KKNW. In Catherine, yeah. 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 So. Um, do you want me to tell you what the Sabian symbol yes, is? Yes, let's do it. So the Sabian symbol, the 26 degrees Libra of that Hygieia, uh, is talking about the uh, uh, the eagle and the large white dove changing to each other. So it's about this interaction of spiritual will and love principle um, and adeptness within our relationships. And then, of course, the 27 degrees talks about really this airplane that sails high through the sky. So basically transcending the conflicts in our relationships Mm -hmm. and, and looking at it from a higher perspective. And I think the Scorpio is really right there along with that, working with that and saying, okay, here's what you need to transform and, and, and so on and so forth. It encapsulates. That is so fascinating. It really is that energy. It's amazing. Now, um, and that's okay. We were going to talk a little bit about the fixed star, and, and we could talk about, just depending on time, we're, there's no, we're pretty flexible about the... Um, um, yeah, I, I did not want to bring up the one that I mentioned earlier because I don't think it's a close enough or strong enough aspect. So there's one that I was going to cover with, okay. the, with the eclipse chart. Yeah, do. But one thing I wanted to cover on this chart that is really dynamic is that Uranus oppose the sun and moon. Oh. And that there's just this really intense dynamic that's 
just amplified with uh, between the two signs, the polarities of Scorpio and um, Taurus. There's a a shadow side to both of these that can play out where um, Taurus can just dig their heels in and be white knuckled and is unwilling to let both of those signs well, just are unwilling. It's both of them are zone. unwilling or unyielding. They're fixed signs. They're unyielding, willful, and they're always looking to the other one to drop their their position, so to speak. So Taurus can be, you know, digging in even more so when asked to. And then Scorpio is, you know, can behave like a black hole super suction machine. <laughs> black hole. I love that description. <laughs> and so, um, but, you know, the positive side of those is that, you know, Taurus can, can, the, the highlight of Taurus is the kindness that can be brought to relationship mm. that you were just displayed with Hygieia and Mercury um, in this chart that's in Libra. But, uh, and Scorpio, you know, has this incredible capacity to heal um, when it's... Right. If I may, and I appreciate very much returning... I, I, can I say oh, something? Yeah, because please. I think she's touched on something that about, you know, because that Taurus is the mother, the healer, mm-hmm. the nurturer, and that Scorpio is, 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 is I think you're right, reenact, you're working with that as to what has to transform. And I think there, it's definitely, a, you're, I think you're spot on when there's a healing aspect to that, uh, that opposition there. And I'm glad to bring up, yes, Aranus, because in Taurus, which is a seven-year cycle, eight-year, a long cycle, six, seven, um, and we're still involved with for years to come, is always about values. And so paramount with, with Taurus is that values. And with Taurus, too, you know, it's when you were saying about the kindness, it's true. It's a Venus, but it's more of a comfort. It's, it can get stuck. It can get stuck. It has this whole dynamic. They're opposite signs. You know, they have access. and all Comfort one, zones. Yeah. <laughs> and a, one, and right. it is that comfort zone because it, it, it's survival that of resources and self-reliance. It's very strongly self-reliant. And you can get in a rut, whereas Scorpio is saying, hey, I'm sorry, but these this routine is not working. We need to break forth because I, I'm a new have new values. I'm a new energy of, 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 of life support because it's always life. It's not death that they want. They want to think how to outwit death. They want to have life. And so, yes, it's really, um, in order to do that, it can be manipulative. As we're, you know, there's this negative side. But on the best energy of it is that transformational, and I'm so glad, the healing, and thank you. That's good. There was a fixed star. It was um, a crooks which is part of, it's at 12 degrees Scorpio. And it the sun is joining a crux. And that's part of the Southern Cross. And it it's also has a nature of Jupiter, which I thought was most interesting. And, and of course, Jupiter has, has all the good and the bad. Traditional things of it is always great, but it can be excess, you know, of too much. But it does have that um, idea of the some kind of spiritual religious conceptions or and and of and also interestingly we say a cultist which is change right it's trans it's 
what we're doing, looking at as far as how to define those yeah. words. I think Sue, you brought that up about you were you're the fixed star person, and you brought that up. What what that Crooks was on what degree? I didn't, Sarah. You know, um, Sarah, it was. It was pretty close to that sun moon, and I honestly didn't well, look at it because I got pulled into. More it's of the eleven flip degrees, fifty-two oh, degrees. Oh, degrees. Okay. gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. so yeah. it's right on. Yeah, but you know, if we were to look at, we have a little time here about the Sabian symbols of the new moon. That would be we were going to do three, if I remember. It was going to be the karmic, which is the degree it's in, twelve, then the actual Sabian, which rounds it off, which is thirteen, and then we were going to do the quest. I know Linda Hill does those, and I think on July 4th, uh, Justin, when you had your wonderful talk about numerology and that, we did the three also. So it's sort of a fascinating idea to see where we come, what land are we in, what is in the previous, what's happening now, and where are we headed? So 12 degrees, I think, was something about an official embassy hall, like group consciousness? Yeah, it's uh, the uh, Sabian symbol is an official embassy ball. And it really, the keynote of that is sort of this, um, the group consciousness is, is, is going to a higher level or trying to and um, being displayed out for all. And then, of course, the 13 degrees is, is an inventor performs a laboratory experiment. So, it, again, it, it kind of sound, it speaks to that, a lot of that Mars energy, a driving urge towards achievement, which is sort of the root of, you know, every day this, everything's always changing. And it's, it's about going outside the boundaries of what's known, you know, you're, mm. you know, yep. the, the I like of science of observing what happens. Yeah, that's yeah. when this happens. And when you do this and yep. under these conditions, but, but, yeah, this is just a lot of change energy. And on a personal level, this just feels very jolting, I would think. It's the time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's time to realize we've harvested. Now it's a matter of figuring out it's the darkest time of year. You know, these old holidays, I say holidays, ceremonial holy days that were, were like um, at the most fixed point of the fixed signs because the light was different. It all has an energetic appeal. So here was the darkest day of the year. And so really it's a matter of saying, what are my roots doing and, and what are they growing in? There is that idea. Of course, down in the southern hemisphere, it's different. But back just a little bit about the 13 Scorpio from the Sabian symbols about that inventor, that imagery that they were saying in the laboratory experiment that Justin was mentioning, which... It, according to Dane Ruchar, which both I know both um, um, just I learned from Justin and also from Liz, and I have this wonderful book that he had, The Mandala. But it's the ability to relate seemingly unrelated facts, which is really what you were saying. I, I was just you know looking at the resources right. and the unknown that you're bringing up, Sarah. That's Scorpio. I just yeah. I the whole time we're talking about this, I can't help but correlate this to just how there's this record number of people leaving their jobs, just quitting yep. all yep. over the place. And there was some survey, I don't have the source of this, and I, I can't, I don't know, I, I just thought it was worth repeating. Um, but there, there was a survey done that said that 95% of people 
think of quitting their job every single day right now. And it could be just because, you know, the few that are left behind are taking on all that extra load of everyone else. And the energy, you know, they may have been in a certain place for so long and been recognizing um, these questions of value (laughs) and worth and all this. We can get rid of the chart maybe now. And have our little gorgeous faces showing more, if you'd like. Yeah, thanks. Good. That's an interest. I, I did. I, we're here. It's so different. You know, you have to adjust. Talk about personal adjustments. We've been working online, and I noticed that having come to Seattle and actually talking to the person I'm staying with here, it's like I actually know how to talk to a person. You know, and look at them in the eye, whereas I was looking off into the world. So. And, you know, I want to point out something that's important to what Sarah said about the, you know, where you can see the real world of how astrology is affecting us in our daily lives. And you mentioned all those people leaving their jobs. And I see that a lot in that Sun-Uranus opposition. You know, Uranus and and Taurus is talking about resources and money and job and and, and how am I getting paid, right, the second to eighth house there. And that Sun being that person's personality and, and Scorpio saying, you know, wait, maybe I need to use that Uranus to change how I'm getting paid, how I'm getting nurtured right now. So that I think that really highlights that that what's kind of going on in the collective that you're talking about. Yeah, I saw an ad on that Amazon was placing for just trying to pivot with the the personality shifts that are happening right now, and they were advertising. Oh, I I like to work between these hours and these hours, and I like to, you know, this is what I'm trying to fit into my life. So they're, they said, and we're hiring, you know, and, you know, this is the job that they have is just, you know, employers saying, okay, yeah, just when are you available? When can you, when is it good for you? Um, And and just kind of being a little more adaptable to yeah it's actually a really empowering more, time for adding more benefits people. there's always opportunity in- we are going to return in a few moments and we've been covering here wonderfully with sarah stromley and justin crockett elsie on moonbeam team for talk cosmos on halloween july 31st about this new moon in scorpio at 12 degrees getting close to the middle of the sign that's going to be on November 4th. And it is just to encapsulate so much energy about this transformational process, opening up those, uh, how are we going to comprehend more? How are we negotiating? And our routine jobs, great illustration. So thank you. We'll be right back. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. 
old world travelers never began a journey without a compass. And today, smart travelers won't leave home without a map or GPS to navigate the journey ahead. But when it comes to your journey through life, how do you get your guidance? By aligning numerology and astrology's wisdom. Combining numerology with astrology offers a great spectrum of insightful meaning for your personal yearly, monthly, and daily numbers. And to help you navigate these numbers to discover your best daily route, numerologist Liz Muschette, along with Gloria Riley, an Egyptian numerologist and intuitive consultant Jenny L. Sinclair, have co-authored the book, Gateways to Change 2018 and Beyond, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life Using Numerology and Astrology. In addition to the book, Liz is also hosting a Gateways to Change workshop this fall, which complements the book to guide you to your life's journey and explore how to use the resources offered in the book. Copies of the Gateways to Change are included in the registration fee. The Gateways to Change book is now available to order on Amazon. And to register for the workshop, you can contact Liz at her website, alightpath.com, or send her an email at liz, L-I-Z, Mouchette, M-U-S-C-H-E-T-T at gmail.com. Let Liz be your compass as you continue your journey here on Earth. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Sam Reynolds from luckastrology.com, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where leading-edge astrology conversations empower your soul's growth. Hosted by Sue Rose Minahan, every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Alternative Talk, 1150. Local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Hey, I like that. Body, mind, and soul. Thank you, 1150 KKNW. Ain't that the truth? Okay, this is all about our mind mind, body, and soul. It's Halloween. It's also, and Justin, tell me how to say that word. Sam. It's a Samhain. Samhain. You know, words in me and pronunciation (laughs) is right from my beginning. Okay. And really, it was the darkest night, and it was um, the eve, and the next day is All Saints Day. It's really, like Sarah, you brought out, the, the veil is the thinnest, and it's when we have the approach because the light is the least, at least here on the Northern Hemisphere. I just love how Mexico really celebrates Day of the the, their ancestors and, and communicating with Yeah, with and them. it's other traditions, too. I've learned it's not Mexico does, but it is like very many ancients, you know, thought of this, which not at the tip of my tongue, but it's, it's, it's extended. It is so true. So we're going to talk about the powerful... Um, Solar, it, it, lunar, pardon me, lunar, it's a full moon, that's a lunar eclipse, and it is going to be in Taurus. Even though the nodes, well, they're approaching the very beginning 
of uh, their one-degree Gemini. So, of course, it, it extends over the border, you might say, into Taurus. So this is a 20, it's a late-degree Taurus, you know, close to that cusp of Gemini, 27 degrees, 14 minutes of Taurus on November 19th, two weeks. It's always two weeks after the new moon, which will, which we already discussed in Scorpio. And it's going to be in Eastern time, just because the Eastern is for the United States, where the capital is and all this. And it sort of, if we're going to talk collectively, represents that. It'll be in the morning at 3.57 a.m., meaning that, um, yes, that's what it is. So it is an end of a cycle. We could say creating new traditions. I'm going to leave it open. Anybody have thoughts that you... Let Sarah go first. Okay, Sarah. Well, this one's really dynamic. (laughs) Here we go. Um, yeah, there's just a, there's just really tough conversations that need to be yeah. had you at know, this time. Mm. I, so. I, I kind of relate this to, you know, like when we, when we are doing charts, we, we look at prenatal eclipses because that gives you the prelude towards that mm. birth and, you know, si- uh, uh, eclipses being cycles. And I think looking at this one, this, this eclipse is giving us a prelude towards the nodes moving into Taurus and Scorpio mm-hmm. coming up. And what does that birth for this new year look like with this with eclipse? That's so great. Absolutely. goes right along with our Santa's radical rebirth and little tidbits that we kind of got to. That's very powerful. So perhaps you want to, because this nodal change or more thought about the whole, because the emphasis is different, isn't it? It's right. going to be about our resources and our self-reliance and what is failing with those relationships versus now we're just communicating and rebuilding a structure of well, belief yeah, system. You're, you're right. And, and you know, the because Taurus and Scorpio rules the second to eighth house, resources, how we get paid, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so we're dealing with really two dynamic things. You know, when we were in the Sag and Gemini energy, it was about more about individual and the collectivism, right, and philosophy and beliefs. Now we're moving into a period of time of materialism versus spirituality. You know, what what are we going to let go of? You know, and so we're going to see more possibly a focus more on financial stuff coming up, you know, and and the markets and 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 homes and the and the inflation because of this. But in our own individual lives, what what is really valuable that we need to uh, back to what Sarah was talking about, that nurturing Taurus and and what we have to transform as far as what's valuable, nurturing, oh, what like, we need yeah. to let go of versus <laughs> accumulate, you and know? how how we how we need to restructure our lives to support that. Yes, yeah. restructure because everything is reporting up to Saturn at this point, um, and Uranus. You know, it's co-ruling that. So, well, they're in that um, big energetic tug, aren't yeah. they? Old, new, re. Grow or shatter. Yeah, Venus has moved into Capricorn at this point. She's all about brass tacks. And, um, you know, there's conversations um, and dynamics around that. There's this very uncomfortable tension between the moon 
and Mars, you know, those are both the how mm. we're wired for desire, how we're wired for nurturing ourselves. And there's so much in this chart that speaks to expectations. Oh, that's and anticipation yeah. um, with those relationship charts of giving and receiving between Taurus and Scorpio. Yeah. And oh, yeah. are you, go okay. ahead. Because a couple of code words, when you say moon and Mars, immediately I'm recognizing always that's a cut. You know, it's like the moon doesn't want to let go. The moon is receiving light, it's giving back, and it's looking, nurturing, that beautiful word of nurturing. And and, and in and, Taurus, it wants to be generous and yes, kind. It, yeah. Well, it, it wants the, yeah, generous and kind somehow. I know but a lot of Taurus. But it wants what it wants. I, know, I have a lot. I know. <laughs> no, Taurus is, yes, it's, it's a loving. It wants balance. It wants Status quo. I mean, it, it's a it's a sec, it's security of of it's working and it's thriving, and so it's not really there. It's a it's a patient. I think it's a lot of patience, which can come into kindness, you know, which of course, but it's patient. But 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 I'm thinking with Mars. So thank you for elaborating on that. But but with Mars, its whole energy is action, and it's going to cut away, and it's going to instigate and and move and so when it comes to the moon regardless of signs those two have uh, it's it's there's some tension there naturally you know well you know my mars my mars is actually in taurus so mine is too <laughs> yes so, i got gotcha. but i think you know so here you've got the the mars it's saying that well we need to make some changes we need to get moving here mm-hmm. but that moon emotionally is saying well i don't feel secure with that just yet <laughs> let's just go a little bit slower here yeah, exactly. so there's that tension there you know yes i yeah. understand a thousand percent because venus rules both of mine yes my moon and my i have mars taurus too and um yeah, Mercury and Mars together and in Scorpio just seems like commute. Like it's just hard to have that filter on <laughs> to understand that there's a human being on the other side that has feelings. So there can be just some insensitivity. It's a complex in chart. Yes, yeah. and you know because we've talked earlier, and we're always working to try to make it common sense, you know, out of our language here. But really, astrologically, there's some dynamics here besides just that opposition, which is including all these other um, factors of, of the action with Mars and our thinking process and what nurtures us because of Ceres. But then I think Pluto has transforming is, 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 it's enshrined to that moon too. Yeah, it wants to work with it, doesn't it? Yeah, it really wants. I don't it's, know if it's really a good bed party it's or not. really pushing <laughs> that moon in Taurus beyond its mm. normal comfort zone. Yeah. Maybe with a little more ease. It's like that storage unit that I came here for because yeah. the price went tripled <laughs> on me. You're and, like, okay, and I keep thinking, well, the best news would be I just get rid of everything, and then I go, oh, wait a minute, am I ready to do that? I only have so much time. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I want to point out, you mentioned, I think you're you're spot on with that, Sarah, with that Mars-Mercury, and it's showing up in the chart in the first house. This is, people are going to be, that's like seeing through the motives of everything. People are mm-hmm. going to be really focused and direct 
and and it's in that first house itself. So I think it really will bring people into really this focus of what where do I need to go next and what do I need to do here. So maybe that'll really help with this idea that we came up with because we are Santa Radical Rebirth because Christmas is on its way and we're in this, you know, with eclipse season, there's two weeks ahead, two weeks between and a long time with the solar, who knows how long. When things change, the domino effect. But how are we creating new traditions? And is it the more activities? Is it outside the box, which we know? And, And again, it is a lot of this... Uh, Uranus. I'm trying to find out where where is Uranus. Uranus. Oh yes. Is, yeah. yeah, twelve uh, degrees. But at any rate, rega- but yeah, the new traditions. Like, if take the nodes right now, we're in transportation with Mercury. You know, with Gemini, and and across big across the from with Jupiter. I mean, Sagittarius across the water. We've got all those boats outside. Or ships, as they're supposed to be called, I think, outside of Los Angeles. Angeles. Yeah, exactly. And so it really encapsulates that idea. And the delay of Christmas, so people are going back to, like, well, what can we present? I remember my father, who came from Norway one year, they just made an ornament and exchanged it, a paper ornament, because I found that in his papers. It was this little Christmas decoration, you know, the value. The reason that... Christmas kind of jumped into our pre-talk for me was for a number of reasons, but that that dynamic between Mercury and Jupiter and Neptune. So uh, Mercury is about thinking, you know, how we're processing and our stories. And it's trying Neptune, which is belief. It's you know, really activating that sense of belief, but it's square Jupiter that that capacity to receive, you know, to have mm. luck and to receive um, the finer things in life. And it's Jupiter's not in the best position at this time when it's all reporting to Saturn, which is about condensing and bringing it, bringing it back, pulling it back a little. And it's a natural. It's very good because naturally speaking, Jupiter's ruling that south node of all our uh, belief systems that Sagittarius represents. And in the south node, that represents what we're releasing also. It's like a double signature of releasing that we need to do in order to embrace new, broader, better values and concepts and everything. It's, It's what it's all been about for 18 months as we pass the torch, you might say, to soon to a new energetic sign. Yeah, that, that one degree Sag is really, I, I agree, it's about new thinking things in a different perspective. And, you know, as to what Sarah was talking about. And there's a little little challenge there with that square you're talking about. So, And Jupiter in, in, in Aquarius seeks to grow and expand through intellectual development and, and, and accumulation of knowledge. So there's sort of that really a, an adjustment in the way we're thinking. And, yeah, the human experience. Yeah. So this happens to be, because it's an eclipse, there's another 1,200, it, it's very large, 1,200-year cycle, I think, approximately. And it's this, called Saros, S-A-R-O-S. And they happen m- multiple times going from the bottom of our globe at the South Pole to the north, 
or the north to the south. And they both in the lunar signs and the solar signs. So it's a very complex and powerful backdrop cycle. But, and so for those people, but energetically, this happens to be number 126, and it's a lunar cycle. And it happened to have started back in the year 1228, on July 18th, to be exact. You can find all this on Google, not a problem. It's very well specified. So what does that mean? Well, there's 70... About 70, 71, 72, it depends, um, events that happen during this 1,200 or so year cycle. And we're pretty much in the middle. This happens to be 45 of 70. And so it's um, what they call a partial one. But the f- reason I'm, I was looking at trying to figure out, like, what's the meaning? First of all, it's, we'll be able to see it, the pathway of this eclipse in the Americas, it's of well, mostly North America, a little bit of Mexico. Not, I don't think Florida gets to see it part as well, but a little bit. And it'll be in North Europe, Eastern Asia, Australia, and the Pacific. I'll be able to see it in Hawaii when I get back. But the point was, that I was trying to find out historically what happened back then in 1228. We know it was after the Crusades. And I happen to know that there were a lot of stone, huge churches being built at that time. But interestingly, there was a cardinal in England who had helped with Magna Carta. The Magna Carta is one of these famous you know, um, documentaries that really at, had happened earlier. And, but this archbishop had been very instrumental. And it had back just a few years before in 25 had um, revised it. And the importance of the Magna Carta was is that our colonists for our Constitution used that for our Constitution because it brought up the idea that people, well, they didn't say people, they said man, but mankind <laughs> was um, um, uh, had freedoms, and it was the rights. It was so many of our rights. And so really when we talk about the new values in that, and, and trying to work with other people. And so I think somehow at that time in 1928 when this started, this same archbishop whose name is Stephen Langdon took the Bible and made it into chapters that we use. So there is some kind of legality involved with some really premise of our liberties and who we are that we're also looking at very closely too on and, and th- we can't even maybe answer that at this point but it was interesting well i think to you me. pointed out something that as we know with pluto and that uh, and capricorn you know it it brings up breakdown of structure of institutions and government but also revolutions and brings power to the people mm-hmm. power to the masses so you talk about the magna carta they didn't want to sign that. <laughs> they were forced to to it because the 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 power of the the collective. And now, as as Sarah was pointing out, what we're seeing now is there's, you know, when when can we last remember that that uh, that uh, employees had this much power to in the collective to to enact change? And it's now it, it we're that's what's driving this you know this increase in. Um, and wages and better benefits, and so I think there's a little bit of that, that uh, Pluto and Capricorn affecting this, along with that Uranus and Taurus, you know, that is giving this power to the collective here. 
Yeah, I think back at the jungle, that book by uh, Soroyan, I think William, was it William Soroyan that wrote The Jungle? It's back in the 20s, and it was about the horrible conditions, and that's what led to the unions, you know, the, for the collective. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. I, see I, I really would like to point out that the fact that there's a fixed star algal that is oh, exactly yes. <laughs> conjunct this moon, and um, also the, yeah, it's just... Important. And, and algal is a... Is a tr- is a three star system that's always eclipsing itself every two, two, little yes, more than two and a half it days, blinks. much like yeah. the, the moon. And when things are conjunct the moon like that, it makes it more real. So this, I don't know. The story is, you know, it's very a foreboding thing in a for traditional astrology for those that are more evolutionary like we are. We know that if you're born with this, you know, we all have algal somewhere in our chart. But if we if it's touching a personal point, we've integrated that energy a little bit more. But it can be an indicator of really um, disastrous type events that can happen, um, even almost violence that we could see in the news and um, a consequential type thing. And there's another um, because I wanted to mention an asteroid Niebi, which is um, conjunct Jupiter at this time where this this eclipses square Jupiter. It's, it's one of those heavy hitting points. Oh, yes. Naebi is um, one of the, the most, one of the oldest and most consequential astro, uh, her myth is that of consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, she moves quickly because she's an asteroid, so it's not always there, but um, Jupiter makes everything bigger. Yeah, <laughs> so that's true. Um, so just caution if you think you're going to get revenge on somebody. <laughs> Not a good Think time. again. Think about that Scorpio <laughs> Pretend energy. it now on Halloween. <laughs> so even right. even during this time. So, yeah. Um, but some really interesting myth on Medusa. I mean, her story is that of, um, you know, she was raped by Neptune or Poseidon in Athena's temple and... And thereby, you know, she offended Athena for maybe doing this on the job, you know, in her temple. Right. <laughs> Not much respect. Be, she's Thank supposed you to very be, much. you know, no. a, a vestal virgin, you know, working the temple there. And um, so she cursed her, you know, giving her a head of snakes and eyes, you know, anyone that gazed upon her. She used to be incredibly. Gorgeous. Yeah. She mm. used to be just one of the most beautiful people on the planet. And anyone that gazed upon her would be turned to stone. So that point, the algal point, is the twinkling eye of Medusa. But um, it's, it's linked with, um, like, well, our her, relationship with... It is, and if I may say, because I, I'm glad you described this so well, is that her head was cut off by Perseus, per- Perseus. which I think you were going to say. Yeah. And, it, it, and, and then later, the head was used, I think, on Athena's... Um, uh, armor or, or that to use for it was used as a it was used to, in a positive way but the the yeah. fact is is that in the mythology it was cut off does mean that there was a definite ending that there's violence involved yeah. and we can look at that at so many levels which we know it can be the true val- violence or it can be something that just radically changes 
this but and from that. And just to summarize, where what uh, what is it conjunct again? In the, the, m- in the moon. It's it's oh. the moon. It's twenty six degrees. It's yeah. exactly twenty six ten degrees yeah. Taurus. So, so it is like a degree within. It's the, yeah. the dynamic of losing one's head. Oh, we only um, have a few minutes. You know, literally and figuratively. And that can be, a lot of times it's related to alcohol. Algology is the study of pain, you know, and, mm-hmm. the, and pain management. But and it's like wrestling, our wrestling with our demons, so to speak. Minutes. We have okay. three minutes. Right. And thank you. And the you. transformational chart that this is. Exactly. <laughs> So I think it is good because there is this potentiality just to close with that if you see the worst, there is this transformational possibility. We can't get away from that. It is a matter of light because it says as everything has two sides, there's a higher spiritual raise and that people that have reached um, that development it is a matter of, it's truly wanting us to, it's getting closer. It's time is to change. Time is to see our light and go. So thank you so much. Yeah. I have Sarah Stromley with me from Redmond here in Seattle area. And Justin Crockett Elsie, who is on Facebook too and, and in the Seattle and Peninsula area. And we've been talking about this radical time with Santa um, next week will be the cosmic collaboration so no next week is moonbeam oh no planet buzz check out and do subscribe thank you so much because online you can find all of this can I just add one little we brief will cl- I'd love it okay so a, a great outlet for this there's another asteroid um, that's conjunct another heavily plan- weighted planet in this chart of the eclipse, which is Mercury and Vulcan. They're kind of similar in their mental nature, and I wanted to bring that up. Um, the um, ter, 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 Persican... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's an asteroid that's the muse of dance, chorus, and lyrical poetry that's conjunct both of those. So ah. a great disruptor to us self-destructing... <laughs> Is to listen to music or have some creative outlet for this. Allow sound therapy to move through us. You know, that sounds so much like the trickster Mercury. Mercury would love that. And that is the North Node. Yay, here we go. We're closing out. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sarah. Sorry, Liz. We'll catch with you next time. And we love you, audience. Happy uh, so Sawin. 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 Happy Sawin. Sawin. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.